Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I am your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and thank you once again for joining me in what is going to be a most unusual and entertaining podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan, author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters, Volumes 1 through 9 available at Amazon in paperback and ebook, and Volumes 1 through 8 in audio format at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. Folks, I have to tell you that I look at my book sales as a barometer of how interested people are in what I'm doing. And I'm asking you to go out and buy a copy or two for yourself, for a friend, and show some support for what it is. I have spent many, many, many hours uh, putting together and pursuing. You'll make me very happy. Today's a little unusual. I've done this before. Due to a variety of uh, time restraints, Uh, My wife being in and out of uh, the hospital probably three or four months since uh, the beginning of last August. Uh, Sometimes my brother KJ and I just can't hit it off uh, to get together and pull a podcast together. So I said to my brother, I may do a little something solo this week. And uh, so be it. And here I am, alone, at the microphone. And I don't mind, because let's just call this an evening with W.J. First of all, I was thinking about, well, what am I going to talk about tonight? I had a couple of things on my mind, and one thing I wanted to come out of the gate with was telling you all how much I appreciate those that I have met and spoken to. There's a couple of clunkers in there that are trying to convince me that I'm imbecile uh, for wearing my uh, Christian faith on my sleeve. And really, it's to be expected. I'm not looking for market share. Uh, I'm not looking to be a people pleaser. Uh, I'm simply talking about the things that I love and that I'm interested in, and that happens to be one of them. But I've made so many great uh, kinships, friendships through the podcast, through the books, that it's really quite remarkable. And I know I have reached out to many others, uh, told you to drop a dime, let's talk about it, and I don't hear from them. And I really wish I would hear from you. So once again, 
if you email me and I get back to you and say, hey, man, give me a call when you can. I sincerely mean that. And just because somebody has achieved some type of celebrity, as some people say I have, uh, I'm a people person at heart. I don't, uh, I don't really care in the end who thinks what of me. One lady said to me uh, a while ago, you know, you're famous, WJ. <laughs> and I just laughed, just like I just laughed. Every time I hear it, I laugh at it. Because uh, it's not what I'm in this for. And I don't consider myself famous in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's a little embarrassing, if you will, to me as a person. But I wanted to kick around also tonight the show uh, Expedition Bigfoot. And uh, we have a huge listening audience, lots and lots and lots of people. And if anybody from Expedition is listening tonight, I'm going to give you praise and I'm also going to shoot you down a little bit. Uh, and neither one of them really has any or should I say the shooting down, has no malicious intent. I'm trying to bring to the forefront uh, some of the things I find annoying uh, with society today, and it just so happens to be bleeding into this most excellent show on the pursuit of uh, evidence of Bigfoot. First of all, I love the way that they're pursuing uh, their methodology. I, I'm sure there's a crew behind each one of them walking in, walking in the woods. Uh, and I know there is at this point because in the last episode, uh, Dr. Mayor was, uh, saying something quietly in the woods and one of the cameramen or one of the guys said, everybody be quiet which led me to believe there was at least three and probably more people uh, with her during the filming. And I don't have an axe to grind with that. I don't care if you got 10 people, if everybody's cool and uh, doing their job, uh, you can still uh, get done that which you have to do. But one of the beefs I have is how quickly they roll through things without review. For instance, they've gotten some excellent thermal images that we see but briefly. Some of them flash before the episode, the new episode, they'll flash it. There was one they had uh, of a bipedal figure running through the trees. And they show it for about two split seconds over and over this same two split seconds without freezing it, allowing us to focus our eyes on it and perhaps have a little conversation for five minutes about what it is we're looking at. I realize that probably a lot of the people in the show are of this younger set uh, watching TikTok videos incessantly and can't stop flipping through YouTube and all this other stuff, which to me is just, uh, it's mind-boggling. I mean, the level of focus and attention uh, that your average person has today is like, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. I doubt many of them can sit down and read a book. 
I hear some of the music being played and it stirs you up. It doesn't it doesn't bring you peace. It doesn't make you think about anything good. It just kind of riles up and creates a state of unrest within you. So if you're listening out there, I'd like you to kind of slow your roll on Expedition Bigfoot and allow us to absorb the goodness of the work that you're doing. And I think it's a a great show. Uh, and I like their approach to what they're doing, Russell Acor, Dr. Mayor, the other people. But please, slow it down. Let us take a good, hard look at everything you're presenting and make another episode or two out of it if you have to kill a little more time. Now, this recent episode, uh, they get a call from some guy who wants to talk. And... Uh, the lead fellow goes out and meets this guy. Well, he turns out to be a logger, uh, if you believe it. And I do believe it uh, because I have a number of logger tales in my books. And I expect woodsmen and people in the woods to be seeing such things. And they do. Well, this fellow said he was doing a, rec- a reconnaissance mission of a, uh, a log sale. Uh, that they were, his uh, company was being hired to take down the wood, and they ran across some nests, as in multiple nests. And he described them as being like, you know, four or five feet wide and maybe 10 or 12 feet long. And somehow, after reporting it to the owner of the company, it got to some department of the United States government. Uh, I'm uncertain which one he said, uh, but it really doesn't matter. The point was that he he claimed that after the word had leaked out that the property was bought by the government and they no longer were in there, uh, they weren't to talk about the nests. They weren't to talk about the nests that they saw. Uh, they weren't going to be cutting down the wood. It was now owned by the government. Uh, so. The most recent episode, they decided to jump out of uh, the Olympic Peninsula and go down into Humboldt County, Northern California, a hotbed for uh, uh, activity. And uh, there they are. And they're really getting into the thick of it. Now, the second thing was an interview done with somebody that worked... uh, within the government, or he had a government job, a federal job, I guess. And uh, he commented that he had seen what he called a red Bigfoot. He described it. Uh, He said uh, after his initial sighting, which was of a leg and a a calf muscle, this thing moved away from him, turned and looked at him at about, uh, I forget what the distance was. It wasn't great. And he said it basically turned and stared at him for about 45 seconds and then moved on. He made a comment that a biologist within the same organization, I believe, had made an effort to turn in some hair and fecal uh, materials, if I recall correctly, and he was posthumously dismissed from his position. 
So it's kind of what we're up against. Here again, we have people who are seeing something because they're out there and they're looking. And somebody who opens their mouth about it and loses their job. Uh, I'm happy to say that in my position in life, I don't lose my job about talking Bigfoot. Uh, But I can understand, once again, why some people just have to clam up. But you don't have to clam up when you're talking to WJ. You can talk to me anytime going to BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com. Hit the contact link. Tell me what you got to say, and we'll have a conversation. Maybe become friends. Who knows? But you don't have to be afraid of talking to me, and you're not going to lose your job because nobody's going to know who you are and what you had to say to me. Uh, uh, And you're safe. It's a safe haven. So that's kind of it. I really i am enjoying this show. I'm thrilled about where the podcast is going. And uh, I figured tonight, you know what? Let me come on and have a little chat with a few of my cronies across the globe. Folks, we got people, when I look at the podcast statistics, and uh, it's really quite incredible today. I mean, I can see who's listening to us and where and how many people. There are countries listed on our podcast stat that I didn't even know existed. Now, I don't claim to be some uh, uh, geography buff. or I'm not going on Jeopardy and choosing geography as a category. <laughs> In fact, I'm not going on Jeopardy at all. <laughs> the category is Bigfoot. Now, that's a category I might grab. Uh, But the length and breadth of the listening audience is just incredible. Uh, How and why they would listen to this show is beyond me. Uh, The listener mail that comes in from all over the globe, incredible that people take the time uh, to write to me, even if it's just to say, you know, I think what you're doing is really cool. Love you guys. Best show on uh, planet Earth. I wish you'd do more. You know, all of these nice things. And we appreciate every one of them that said. Uh, but for now, the platform is what it is. And the main reason is, first of all, we got to keep our heads screwed on straight with the rest of our lives. And my brother and I truly do uh, work at opposite ends of the compass uh, most days of the week. So it's it's a typically a, a reasonably tricky wicket to get together and sometimes just virtually impossible. And that's what happened tonight. But now, let me jump into something cool here, because this is predominantly a show about Bigfoot and always carrying more gun than you think you're going to need, bub. Let's get into a story here. Uh, I chose this uh, sighting out of the many that I've received to just prove a point yet again. And the point I'm proving is how simple and brief 
most encounters with a Bigfoot are. They cannot and are not planned. For just as the creatures enter into someone's day, they exit as fast as they arrive. Now, this encounter occurred on a very well-used and well-traveled trail in the state of Washington. And this is what George Wells saw while going for his daily run through the woods. I'm retired now, and I've been a cross-country runner since my days in high school track. Looking back on my life, I've been running for well over 45 years and counting. And I've been living in Washington for almost 12 years now. When this sighting occurred, it was in the summer of 2014. I cannot tell you how many miles that I've logged, but there is no shortage of beautiful trails to get lost on in my area and around the state in general. I had run this particular trail so many times that I lost count. The truth be told, I don't really think I ever started to count. I always leave and finish early in the day when I run. Many of the easier trails to run on become somewhat crowded during the day, and I try to avoid that at all costs. So this guy's a loner. He's in it for beauty, he's in it for exercise, he has a plan, and he's on schedule. He likes to go out in the morning when nobody's around, suck in the fresh air, look, run around in the forest, and man, I tell you, it sounds like an excellent way to start your day. Here's, here we go now. I found myself coming up this grade at a fairly steady trot where the trail is very narrow. It appears at this point as though it was formed more by erosion than having to do with man. It's somewhat of an elevated grade with many large rocks covered in moss protruding from the side of the trail and sporadically within the trail itself. It very well may be that this trail was actually constructed many years ago in this fashion, but I have no knowledge of that being the case. So he thinks somebody might have had something to do with the way this trail looks. To my right side as I was running, the grade of the hill goes up rather steeply and is literally covered with everything from trees to ferns and anything in between. To my left-hand side, the hill was falling away from the trail at a lesser grade, with more of the same type of forestation visible. Ahead of me on this segment of trail, I could see relatively far to the extent of, say, 200 feet or better. It was mainly to my right-hand side that my visibility was really hindered by the growth. As I ran, there were two large trees growing alongside the trail that were next to each other, maybe a foot wide each. It was then that unexpectedly a large brown Sasquatch came marching out from behind these two trees, stepping directly across the trail in one singular long bound 
and continuing down into the woods on my left-hand side. I was running and breathing heavily, and this thing didn't as much as peek at me. It was walking, but moving so fast that I I couldn't have caught it on my best day running. That's an incredible fact. As I said before, this trail here looked like it was formed by erosion. There was about a three-foot-tall worn edge on the right side, and off to the left side, there was an equally deep drop-off, which also was about three feet. This Sasquatch was walking down a steep slope and quickly. With one long step, it had descended some six feet in elevation, and perhaps 12 feet or more in length. Crossing the trail and ending up on the descending slope. I stopped dead in my tracks, and it seemed as though in a matter of seconds it was down the slope a hundred yards and gone from sight. (laughs) Excuse me. I moved up alongside of the trees that it had walked behind because I had seen its head pass above a certain broken branch on the one tree. I stepped up, held onto the tree, in an effort to judge its height. I'm five foot ten tall, and with my arm extended, it was a good three feet short of the mark. So what is that? Five foot ten, close to six, maybe a couple of feet, say eight foot. He's talking probably something around 11 feet tall. The worn part of the trail here was about two feet wide, and when he stepped over it, which happened very quickly, it appeared like its foot was almost as wide as the trail when in the air. The hair on its head looked like an old Rod Stewart haircut. Oh, I can appreciate that. It was long and shaggy, hiding any details of it from my view. I can also state this emphatically. That when this beast walked by, there was an instantaneous stench in the air of something like fresh manure. It was nauseating and lingered for several minutes after it had passed. The most amazing thing was the ease with which it made this long and downward stride without so much as a hitch in its step. You or I would have had to leap with all of our might and more than likely would have ended up with a broken ankle. It had to have weighed a thousand pounds and came down the hill like it was floating on air. Absolutely remarkable to see in every sense of the word. Much thanks if you're listening, my friend. Uh, for what was an amazing and brief encounter. And there you have it. A singular event, over and done with, quickly, occurring unexpectedly, somebody out enjoying their normal routine, running through trails in the woods, and bingo, pay dirt, a Sasquatch sighting in Washington State. It amazes me how many people out there have seen a Sasquatch. We're just scratching the tip of the proverbial iceberg. And folks, I hear from a lot of people. 
You've read the accounts. You hear me talking about accounts. People are calling me on a regular basis. One of the most remarkable things lately is that of my new book, UFO Sightings and Encounters, Volume 1, W.J. Sheehan, UFO Sightings and Encounters, Volume 1, W.J. Sheehan. Buy it. It's worth every penny of the price. Not only are people seeing Bigfoot, the amount of people encountering and seeing UFOs in a variety of shapes, forms, locations, situations is staggering. Absolutely staggering, including myself, which I have about three or four of my own accounts in the book. Uh, And it's all true. Everything I say in there about my accounts is absolutely 100% the truth and nothing but the truth. So if I'm telling you the truth about them, uh, come hell or high water, uh, I'm believing. And when you hear the intensity in people's voices uh, and the way they get on their horse, so to speak, talking about a Bigfoot sighting or a UFO sighting, the detail, the conversation, it's like they don't want to end. They just want to keep talking about it. Uh, They're excited to finally have somebody they could just rip into with all the details and not get laughed at. And I don't laugh at anybody. I mean, not that I don't laugh. You know I do, folks. But I don't laugh at you uh, sarcastically like you're a jerk or something. I believe you. So once again, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters uh, .com. That's our website. Go to the contact link. Send me a little message, and I'd be really happy uh, to have a discussion and even an ongoing discussion with you. Uh, We have some people on this show, we call them our detectives, our beat reporters. Uh, We got some people that have just bought into what we're doing. Uh, They're having a good time. Uh, They're sending us out videos that they run across, stories, uh, news clippings. Uh, and that's what it's all about, folks, sharing the data. And that's what I do. I share the data. And I'm asking you to go out and buy some of my books so I can continue to share data. You know, these books, folks, you may not think it. Countless, countless hours. I never have a clock on my time. Hundreds and hundreds of hours go into these books thousands of dollars and then we're talking when i do the audio book that's another monster in and of itself time at the microphone money uh you know it folks a lot goes into this so show some support on a regular basis buy a book if you're a new listener go out buy a book or a couple give them as gifts Stocking stuffers, you know, whatever you want to do, but show some support for the show. And now, let me just hit on a couple of listener mails here. It's kind of weird being by myself because usually my brother and I are kicking things around a little bit, as you know. Excuse me. This comes from a lady named Bonnie. And uh, I think Bonnie is from Oklahoma. 
anyway, Bonnie says, love the show, KJ and WJ. You're two of my favorite people, and we've never met. Well, Bonnie, thank you very much, because that means a lot. It means that you're trusting us, that you're listening, uh, that you don't think we're full of manure, and uh, really, we're not, and that's exactly what we're trying to present. So thank you for that. It's encouraging. My nephew, who is now 34, said he had an encounter with a Bigfoot in South Dakota. He said he saw it going across a field at considerable distance, but knew it wasn't a man immediately. It was a hot day. The creature was apparently all black in the distance. No man would be wearing all black on a hot day in the Dakotas in the summer. He said this thing walked and walked and walked with great loping strides, arms swinging, long steps. As long as he could watch it, he believed it had covered a couple of miles by the time it had just become a speck. Anyways, that's it, WJ. Nothing more, nothing less. A simple sighting by a simple man who shared it with his aunt. Keep up the good work, Bonnie. Funny how, after I just was talking about this other sighting, how simple and brief things are that this letter is talking about an equally brief sighting and with no real great detail. A guy knew what he saw, knew it wasn't a man, uh, dressed in what he called black, obviously covered in dark fur, very strange gait, but noticeable to identify it as a Bigfoot right out of gate. Folks, you watch a Bigfoot walk. You watch the Patty film. There's nobody on the street that's a human being that's walking like that. So when you see that kind of stride, you're like, what the heck is that? You know, it's not a bear and it's not an antelope. It's a Bigfoot. And thank you again, Bonnie, for that, uh, that cool letter. Here's another one here. From Dwayne in Pennsylvania. First of all, WJ, I love your show. I listen to it whenever you release it as soon as possible. And frankly, I keep listening to them over and over again. I heard you speak recently about the woman formerly of Western PA now living in uh Texas, I took once in a while, folks, I take my eyes off the script. And her encounter with the tree shaking Bigfoot while she was standing on a 50 gallon drum painting. I can appreciate what she said. I had a similar tree shaking episode at my house in Pennsylvania. I was not painting. I was in the yard sitting in an Adirondack chair smoking a cigar. A tree off the edge of my property started to rock back and forth like it was in the middle of the vortex of a tornado. It was a dead calm day. Nothing, 
not a whisper of a breeze or a cloud in the sky, and this tree was rocking back and forth. It didn't fall, and the following day I walked over to look at it, and the root ball was all shaken uh, with holes and uh, notches in it where the dirt had fallen free of it. Apparently, this creature, which I believe was a Bigfoot, gave up on it before knocking it down. Why? I don't know. I just thought I would share that with you. Keep up the good work. Pretty incredible, isn't it? How one leads to another. Well, who did that song? One thing leads to another. (laughs) I don't know who that was, but it just came into my head. Uh, But interesting how one person's report leads to another one and another and another. And the similarities between them. Tree shaking. What's with the tree shaking in Bigfoot? What's with the knocking down trees? Some people say it's to frighten you. Uh, We're talking larger trees now. Uh, Some people say it's to scare you away, to frighten you. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's just something they do, like a a freaking Hercules weightlifting party or something. I can knock that tree down and get out of my way. (laughs) Who knows? But it's weird. And the weirdest thing is that when you're in a business like mine, there's continuity. You hear things over and over and over again. And when you connect the dots, you say that when all of these people are describing the similar thing, miles and miles apart, in different states, in different countries, there has got to be something to this story, my friends. And now I'm going to bid you adieu on this solo stint. I hope you've enjoyed our little get-together this evening. And remember, if you find yourself in Western PA, you better remember one thing, my friends. Always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Until next time, sleep tight. Thank <laughs> you.